Hello and welcome back to Fairy Tale Fix. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Abby. And this is the podcast, the What the Fuck Fairy Tale podcast, where we read each other classic fairy and folk tales from around the world and then we fix them for a modern audience. Or more likely Jeez. just just how <laughs> for us. <laughs> What we think, how the how we think the short the story should have ended. Damn, that was a really good intro. Go team! <laughs> Thank you. I I was like, maybe I'll start singing a, like a Christmas tune, and then I was like, no, <laughs> that's cheesy. <laughs> Plus, other podcasts do that, and I feel like I'm copying them. <laughs> uh, copying or being inspired by um, <laughs> definitely inspired. Co- is it copying or homaging <laughs> <laughs> an homage to the very first podcast i ever listened to and that's why we drink christmas time is here <laughs> <laughs> they really are just the most adorable hosts i love them <laughs> they're super cute super adorable <laughs> And they're trendsetters, and they should be proud of themselves. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, how how are you doing? Uh, today, by the time this episode comes out, is the day after Christmas. So we will be done with our Yuletide advent calendar. Mm-hmm. We'll be done with the holidays. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Right around this time is where I'm just kind of like, no, right <laughs> Okay, can it be done okay. now? I get it. <laughs> I've gone to way too many. Honestly, I've actually been to more birthday parties than like holiday parties. You know so many winter babies. I really do. And I feel for them, but also like, God damn it. I'm tired of going places. <laughs> can can you move your birthday yeah. to a more convenient time? I can't believe you had the audacity to share your birthday with the, the Lord himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Jesus's birthday. That's it. <laughs> Presumptuous of you. <laughs> so rude. Yeah, my niece's birthday is on the 23rd, which is rough. My mom's is on the 13th. Yeah. Oh, we're going to dinner tonight. I'm actually, I am actually really excited to spend time with my mom. But then, um, and Mel's birthday was yesterday, so I went over there yesterday, and it's just a lot of stuff happening, and I want it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, good news for you. It is. At the time this episode releases, it is over. Now oh, it's time God. to settle into truly the best time of the year, which <laughs> is relaxing and hibernating. And as you said, rotting away while you play <clears throat> video games. Yeah, that is what I would like to do. I have been playing Veilru, that mm. Viking survival game. No, Isn't well, Veilru the name of one of our patrons? <laughs> I have been playing Valheim. There, we, there it is. Survival, Viking survival game. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> I make no promises because I think that's super funny. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Valheim on the brain. I do. Yeah. Speaking of. Yes, we wanted to thank our patrons. (laughs) Yes, excellent segue. Speaking of Veilru, speaking of our patrons in general, uh, we have a few new patrons to welcome to our Patreon team. Uh, We would like to offer a huge, huge thank you to Linda, Jacqueline, Eagle King, sixty four, 
very active on our Discord, very funny. And uh, as of yesterday, it took me to task for missing several innuendos, and I feel properly chastised. <laughs> uh, I would also like to thank Violet and Charlotte, uh, our two newest patrons. Ugh. Thank you, everyone who subscribes to our Patreon. We we really couldn't do it without you. We appreciate you so much. Uh, we hope that you enjoy the backlog of bonus episodes. There are 23 of them now. Woo-hoo. 23 glorious, glorious Extra episodes. Episodes. It's a veritable advent calendar plus some. And arguably, they're always the most fun. Yes, I think that we have a lot of fun over there. We have a lot of fun in the main feed, too. But if you want to hear some truly unhinged garbage, (laughs) that is where you should go. We also want to thank uh, our job-creating dragons and fairy overlords, Angel Espinoza, Sin, that's my mom, (laughs) Elizabeth, Dami, Kaylee, Caroline, Melissa, Rabia, and Giselle. You're the best. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also have, I'm also going to be doing my end of the year. uh, Like I I send all of our patrons cards at the end of the year, just as like a thank you for still being a patron. And I send out some stickers and I got some exclusive new stickers. I only ordered 50 of them. And currently we have 40 patrons. So if you want one of these exclusive stickers, what do they say, Kelsey? They say, just say chicken. <laughs> and they're much cuter than the ones that are on our website right now. It has a very cute little like um, image of a, of a cock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Why did you surprise me with that? I thought you were going to say chicken. Like we agreed. Like we agreed. <laughs> and he also looks like he wants you to just say chicken. It's very cute. I'll, I'll post a picture of it, but. I haven't gotten them in yet. I'm really hoping they come soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you want one of those, sign up at fairytalefix.cash or, you know, patreon.com forward slash fairytalefixpod. And yeah, they're first come, first serve. So if you want one, best up, go yeah. sign up. Yeah. <laughs> Receive the best, not gift, because you're actually giving us things and then we give you things in return. So, but receive the best solstice transaction you'll ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just a little way to say thank you that we really appreciate you being a Patreon member and a patron of Patreon. And if you haven't been following along on our Yuletide monster advent calendar on Instagram, I have put them in our highlights reel. So if you want to see me um, unveil my Yuletide monsters every day, they're on Instagram. So, Abby, do you want to see what today's Yuletide monster is? I do want to see. Okay. Do you have any predictions for who it might be? A chupacabra. We've already gotten a- the chupacabra. Oh, um, a really big <laughs> snake with a piece snake. of mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's what I hope it is. Okay. Today, the 16th, today's Yuletide monster is... <gasps> Is it a really big snake with a piece of mistletoe? <laughs> I fucking wish. It's Grilla. Yay, Grilla. Grilla with a big ass cleaver. Fuck yeah, Grilla. And that's an actual 
Yuletide monster. Yes, yeah. Some of these have been questionable at best. The last one was the Loch Ness monster in a Santa hat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't call that a Yuletide monster, just a cryptid. Also, the one that really got me was uh, St. Nicholas. Because the, mm-hmm. the, if you read the story, St. Nicholas was not, not the monster. monster. <laughs> he was the good not guy. The yeah. He saved the children. So I think we need to find um, Lauren Anka O'Leary and uh, make some official complaints. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love this so much. I think this <laughs> so is the great. best. Um, I thought Grilla was going to be like the 21st or the 25th. I have no idea who the two big monsters are going to be at all at this point. We'll see. We've already Un- done all the ones I know. Unless it's capitalism. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be so goddamn hilarious. That would be hilarious. How would you represent capitalism as a, San- as a Like monster? Santa? Santa Claus Santa? or a present or a guy oh. in a business suit. <laughs> it's just a picture of Elon Musk. <laughs> a monster, a true monster. Oh my God. That's getting too real. What if it's a mirror? <laughs> oh my God. That makes me want to make an advent calendar. That's like that. I think that'd be so funny. <laughs> a thought, a thought perhaps for next year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Grilla. And she has so her funny. Yule cat there in the corner, I think. Oh, that's good. Okay. The Yule Couturin that I'm obsessed with. Oh, and I keep forgetting to post pictures of the Yule Couturin. So I'm doing that today. You're doing it today. It's now on top of everything, everyone. <laughs> So on top of it's it. It's fine. It's not like this is like one of the busiest times of year ever. With just the busiest job and the most things to do. And I'm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm barely hanging on, but it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. You got this. You've got this. Think about yeah. think about it this way. It's already over. Just pretty pretty much. Yeah. Just getting that mindset. It's already over. It's already over. I, I keep already. I keep honestly telling myself, just enjoy the simulation. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just enjoy the simulation. Just, just enjoy the ride. At this point, I'm pretty sure we are living in a simulation. That's my personal philosophy, and that's what I just keep reminding myself. It's just, it's not real. It's not Probably. real. It's just ones and zeros. Calm mm-hmm. it down. It's fine. So but in fine. all honesty, I think I need to go start going to therapy and get some get on some anxiety medication. Probably. Uh, you know what's funny? I was telling I sent you that um I, I sent you this thing on from Instagram that said, you know, I hope this email doesn't reach you. I hope <laughs> Hold on, wait. I have to read it because it was so just funny. my favorite. I hope this email does not find you. I hope your chair has overgrown with moss. I hope a pleasant but unobserved beam of light hits your desk perfectly through the collapsed ceiling. I mm. hope the silence is deafening. <laughs> and I sent that and I because I love it, I find that so like calming for some reason. And I read it to Adam and he was horrified. What really? He was, yeah, he was just like, I think you do need anxiety meds. Like <laughs> 
if that's what's coming to you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I actually, I also find the image kind of soothing. I know. It's like, and it puts things into perspective where it's like, it's, it's all, it all really doesn't matter. It's going to be okay. That's going to be okay. The inevitable. The, the email didn't find you. And that was actually fine because they didn't need you. Mm-hmm. Not really. Not really. And there's a beautiful beam of sunlight and it's just, it's quiet. God damn it. <laughs> I hope the silence is deafening. That's going to be my out of office message. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wish if I didn't think I'd get fired or people would be really worried. I suppose. Um, I guess, I guess the, I guess the, I hope the silence is deafening part is a little concerning, I guess, but that's my favorite part. It just gets like a little unhinged. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that said, like, you know, if you want to explore anxiety medication, I think that would be good too. Yeah. You deserve it. Be. You deserve whatever you need to like feel quiet inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause right now it's just constant bees and buzzing and like, mm-hmm. that sounds really Oof. upsetting. Oof. It's just, it's not like upsetting. It's more just annoying. It's like, mm-hmm. and that's why I drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just saved a bug from my bathroom and it reminded me I wanted to tell I wanted to give let everyone know that we caught radicans (laughs) the final update we caught radicans we let him free out into the wild he's I'm sure he's much colder (laughs) no poor guy I actually felt kind of bad yeah, putting him out in the winter. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he'll be fine. I'm sure he's already in another house. He's probably already back here. And, <laughs> and then almost immediately after we caught radicans, we caught two mice mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. row. Like we caught one almost right after. And then um, and, and then right after I released that one, we caught another one. How do you know it wasn't the same mouse? <laughs> it was like an hour later. Oh, <laughs> was it an hour? Maybe it was like like six hours later. Uh, now they both live at the tree farm. I'm sure they're very, but there's lots of coverage. I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, I bet they're fine. They're both very cute, and there is still a rat up there. I actually think they must not have been friends because uh, the mice immediately went into the trap, which makes me think the rat was keeping them away from it. I think they were scared of him. Yeah, <laughs> probably he was huge. Yeah, he was a and canny, big rat. cunning. Uh-huh. It's smart. So smart. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So glad we finally caught him. Um, it was an ordeal. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you got one more rat to go then. Yeah, we think there's one more rat up there, but we don't see it very often. And the little like trap is set and we haven't seen him. So hopefully, hopefully he just leaves. We also put up some like uh, these sound things that make like a noise that apparently rats don't like. Okay. So, wow, so much effort to get these rats out of your fucking attic. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it was kind of, it was fun releasing them, though. Like, it was neat mm-hmm. to kind of see them. And then I, I don't know why I felt so bad, like, kicking them out. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's winter. Oh, it's winter. And like, and, like, rats and mice are cute. They are. They're so cute. I took terrible videos. I probably won't post any because I, I I had a lot of adrenaline. It was the rat. The mouse one was hard because I 
had to go up into the attic myself and I'm very scared of heights. I've actually never gone into our attic before, but I was home alone and I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to like keep him in there and have him be Mm -hmm. scared for like, you know, several hours until Adam got back. So I went up and did it myself. And that was the most scary part. (laughs) Was just just climbing the ladder. Yeah, I just had to climb the ladder up really high and I really didn't like it. So That's <laughs> but I didn't want to make him sit there and like be freaked out stuck in a cage for that long. So, so I you're, did it. You're very sweet. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so good news to the rat story. A happy ending. They all live out in the tree farm. And I'm I sure actually took the rat a different place than I did the mice. So maybe they won't get bullied anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They'll be bullied by a different rat that <laughs> already <laughs> lives at the tree farm. Or a hawk or a fox. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. Circle of life. Hawks yeah. need to eat too. Damn nature, you scary. Okay. Damn nature. <laughs> <laughs> so I have such a good story. It is. Christmas time, it's Yuletide time. That means it is time for sad Victorian boy Christmas. Yes. Oh, hit me. (laughs) I am reading you The Red Shoes by Hans Christian Andersen. Amazing. I'm so excited. I have never read this one. Good. So I'm glad. It's so classically HCA. Mm. You're going to love it. Although I'm going to give you a tiny hint. I think maybe I should have read this one at Halloween. And that's the only hint I'm going to give you. Ooh, I don't know if okay. that's really a hint. Just to give you a vibe for the story. This is like okay. a, this is a fun one. It's a little spooky. Um. Okay. Uh, mm, there's a ghost. Um. There's lots of blood. <gasps> lots of blood. And uh, my, my perennial evergreen HCA... Uh, story prediction. It's weirdly horny. Weirdly horny. <laughs> okay, almost all of them. Uh, but there are a few that are actually truly children's stories. That's true, and not just one sexually frustrated man writing <laughs> <laughs> down his thoughts and feelings. I really, I really want to re-listen to the snowman. That was such a trip. That was so much fun. So Did you fun. blind read that one? I can't remember. No, no. Um, you sent it to me though as a suggestion. Like you took pi- you took pictures of that story <laughs> from your HCA book. Yeah, it was pretty short. It was so good. It was pretty short. It was so good. I love it so much. All right, it's so dear um, to my heart. I'm so excited to tell you the red shoes, and this was written in 1845. I like that it has the years on them. I think that's cool. There once was a little girl, very nice and very pretty, but so poor that she had to go barefooted all summer. And in winter, she had to wear thick wooden shoes that chafed her ankles until they were red. Oh, as red as could be. In the middle of the village lived old mother shoemaker. She took some old scraps of red cloth and did her best to make them into a little pair of shoes. They were a bit clumsy, but well-meant, for she intended to give them to the little girl. She made them out of bread cloth? Yeah, she had some extra, like, red scraps, so she made... Oh, red cloth, not bread cloth. Yeah, red. Sorry. (laughs) No, I just just kept hearing bread for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm hungry. Red. (laughs) (laughs) Do you need to go get a snack? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Her, her name was Karen. 
Aw, a little Karen. A little Karen. The first time Karen wore her new red shoes was on the very day that her mother was buried. Of course, they were not right from morning, but they were all she had, so she put them on and walked bare-legged after the plain wicker coffin. Just then, a large old carriage came by with a large Mm. old lady inside it. Mm. She looked at the little girl and took pity on her, and she went to the parson and said, Give the little girl to me, and I shall take good care of her. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and this is, you know, in the 1800s, and they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you can just go to the local the local parson, who I assume is a priest, uh, and mm-hmm. say, give me that kid. <laughs> <laughs> just give me that kid. I want that one. <laughs> that one. Karen was sure that this happened because she wore red shoes, but the old lady said the shoes were hideous, and she ordered them burned. Karen was given proper Oof. new clothes. She was taught to read, and she was taught to sew. People said she was pretty, but her mirror told her, you are more than pretty. You are beautiful. Aw, okay. That's so HCA. That's very HCA. Always about looks with this guy. Yep. Always about looks and always like, don't worry. You're more, you're, you're the best. You're, Mm -hmm. you're the, the most beautiful. (laughs) I like that though. That's a, that bitch in the mirror, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yes. Self love. (laughs) (laughs) It happened that the queen came traveling through the country with her little daughter, who was a princess. Karen went with all the people who flocked to see them at the castle. The little princess, all dressed in white, came to the window to admire her. She didn't wear a train and she didn't wear a gold crown, but she did wear a pair of splendid red Morocco shoes. Of course, they were much nicer than the ones old mother shoemaker had put together for little Karen, but there was nothing in the world like a pair of red shoes. When Karen was old enough to be confirmed, new clothes were made for her, and she was to have new shoes. They went to the house of a thriving shoemaker to have him take measure of her little feet. In his shop were big glass cases filled with the prettiest shoes and the shiniest boots. They looked most attractive, but as the old lady did not see very well, they did not attract her. Among the shoes, there was a pair of red leather ones that were just like the ones the princess had worn. Perfect. How perfect they were. The shoemaker had made them for the daughter of a count, but they did not quite fit her. Is there they, like, is it, what What do we think the significance is of like red shoes? Is red like a good luck color in this instance? Or I have opinions, but I don't think okay. I can talk about them yet. <laughs> well, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. I think it may become clear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In a very perfectly HCA fashion. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) They must be patent leather to shine so, said the old lady. Yes, indeed they shine, said Karen. As the shoes fitted Karen, the old lady bought them. But she had no idea they were red. If she had known that, she never would have let Karen wear them to confirmation, which is just what Karen did. Every eye was turned toward her feet. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> I know people are really it's gonna really be red for the part. devil or something. <laughs> I mean, when she walked up the aisle to the chancel of the church, it seemed to her as if even the portraits of the bygone ministers and their wives in starched ruffs and long black gowns, even they fixed their eyes upon her red shoes. She could think of nothing else, even when the pastor laid his hands upon her head and spoke of her holy baptism and her covenant with God and her duty as a Christian. The solemn organ rolled, the children sang sweetly, 
and the old choir leader sang too. But Karen thought of nothing except her red shoes. This little bitch is going to get punished for her vanity somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. What what are you talking about? It's going to be fine. Everything's fine. All of Hans Christian Andersen's stories are happy in the end, right? Yeah, 100%. They're all, they're notably cheerful. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we do them for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For cheerful Victorian bisexual boy Christmas. Yep. (laughs) Holiday hilarity. Before the afternoon, the old lady had heard from everyone in the parish that the shoes were red. She told Karen it was naughty to wear red shoes to church. Highly improper. In the future, she was always to wear black shoes to church, even though they were her old ones. Next Sunday, there was Holy Communion. Karen looked at the black shoes, and she looked at her red shoes. She Mm. kept looking at her red ones until she put them on. Hell yeah, girl. Wear the shoes that make you feel pretty. Yes. (laughs) Be your true self. (laughs) Be your true self. (laughs) It was a fair, sunny day. Karen and the old lady took the path through the cornfield, where it was rather dusty. At the church door, they met an old soldier who stood with a crutch and wore a long, curious beard. It was more reddish than white. In fact, it was quite red. He bowed down to the ground and asked the old lady if he might dust her shoes. Karen put out her little foot, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, what beautiful shoes for dancing, the soldier said. Never come off when you dance, he told the shoes, as he tapped the sole of each of them with his hand. (sighs) That's fey nonsense. (laughs) This is definitely some fairy nonsense. Fairy nonsense. Mm -hmm. The old lady gave the soldier a penny and went on into the church with Karen. All the people there stared at Karen's red shoes, and all the portraits stared too. When Karen knelt at the altar rail, and even when the chalice came to her lips, she could think of only her red shoes. It was as if they kept floating around in the chalice, and she forgot to sing the psalm. She forgot to say the Lord's Prayer. Uh oh. Then church was. Oh, over. the devil gets you now. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get you. <laughs> Then church was over and the old lady got into her carriage. Karen was lifting her foot to step in after the old soldier said, Oh, what beautiful shoes for dancing. Karen couldn't resist taking a few dancing steps. And once she began, her feet kept on dancing. It was as if the shoes controlled her. She danced around the corner of the church. She simply could not help it. The coachman had to run after her, catch her, and lift her into the carriage. But even there, her feet went on dancing so that she gave the good old lady a terrible kicking. Only when she took her shoes off did her legs quiet down. When they got home, the shoes were put away in a cupboard and Karen would still go and look at them. Of course. So these are like literally cursed shoes that she's obsessed with. (laughs) I, yeah, cursed shoes. Yep. Shortly afterward, the old lady was taken ill and it was said that she could not recover. She required constant care and faithful nursing, and for this, she depended on Karen. But a great ball was being given in the town, and Karen was invited. She looked at the old lady, who could not live in any case. She looked at the red shoes, for she thought there was no harm in looking. Okay. (laughs) And she's dead anyway. (laughs) She's going to die anyway. (laughs) She might as well die sooner. <laughs> I want to go to the ball. <laughs> I want to go to the ball. Okay. Well, I guess the re- I guess the red shoes really have sucked Karen's soul out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> so there's no harm in looking, but she put them on. For she thought there was no harm in that either. 
But then when she went to the ball and began dancing, when she tried to turn to the right, the shoes would turn to the left. And when she wanted to dance up the ballroom, her shoes danced down. They danced down the stairs, into the street, and out through the gate of the town. Dance she did, and dance she must, straight into the dark woods. Suddenly, something shone through the... (laughs) Suddenly, something shone through the trees, and she thought it was the moon. But it turned out to be the red-bearded soldier. He nodded and said, oh, what beautiful shoes for dancing. That's not the creepiest That's like, thing you've so ever heard. Creepy. I literally have little goosebumps going up my arm right now. That's genuinely spooky. So creepy. He cursed mm-hmm. those shoes. He sure did. He's like on purpose. Yeah. I, I didn't um I don't know. Like I, I was I was kind of half thinking, like, oh, maybe it's a weird coincidence, but but no, there's no way. He's a fairy creature slash the devil. Definitely. She was terribly frightened, and she tried to take off her shoes. She tore off her stockings, but the shoes had grown fast to her feet. And dance she did, for dance she must, all over the fields and valleys, in the rain and in the sun, by day and night. It was the most dreadful by night. She danced over an unfenced graveyard, but the dead did not join her dance. They had better things to do. Oh my God. She tried to okay. sit on a pauper's <laughs> grave where the bitter fennel grew, but there was no rest or peace for her there either. And when she danced toward the open doors of the church, she saw it guarded by an angel with a long white robes and wings that reached from his shoulders down to the ground. His face was grave and stern, and in his hand, he held a broad, shining sword. It's going to cut her feet off? Dance you shall, he told her. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he's pissed. <laughs> I, I think cutting her feet off would be punishment. Definitely. You know, that's true. Maybe, maybe later. Dance in your red shoes until you are pale and cold and your flesh shrivels down to the skeleton. Dance you shall from door to door and wherever the children are proud and vain, you must knock at the door till they hear you and are afraid of you. Dance you shall dance always. (laughs) Have mercy upon me, screamed Karen, but she did not hear the angel answer. Her shoes swept her out through the gate and across the fields along the highways and byways, forever and always dancing. One morning, she danced by a door she knew well. There was the sound of a hymn and a coffin was carried out covered with flowers. Then she knew the old lady was dead. She was all alone in the world now and cursed by the angel of God. Dance she did and dance she must through the dark night. Her shoes took her through thorn and briar and scratched her until she bled. She danced mm-hmm. across the wastelands until she came to a lonely little house. She knew this was where the executioner lived, and she tapped with her finger on the window pane. Oh, my God. Is it going to be a please kill me situation? <laughs> <laughs> come out, she called. Come out. I can't come in for I'm dancing. Okay. Okay. The executioner said, you don't seem to know who I am. I strike the heads off of bad people, and I feel my axe beginning to quiver. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) It's all spooky. Yeah. Don't strike off my head, for then I could not repent of my sins, said Karen, but strike off my feet with the red shoes on them. She confessed her sin, and the executioner struck off her feet with the red shoes on them. The shoes danced away with her... 
he's just really good at his job. I guess he's because re- like, what kind of dancing is she doing? Like, what kind of dance are we talking? Like, how much stepping is I there? Know, I probably just waited until she's like maybe like doing like a little ballet twirl or something, mm-hmm. and then he goes, Ka-cha! yeah. He's just all right. He's highly qualified. <laughs> And his axe seems to like have like really absorbed the blood of all of the people's heads. I know. I feel my axe beginning to quiver. That's it's, creepy. It's, yeah, it's taken on a life of its own. <laughs> he also fights crime on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Half of the criminals whose heads he cuts off, he turned in himself. <laughs> uh. The, they call him the executioner. The executioner. It's <laughs> a superhero name. He's like a vigilante. Yeah, yeah. But he's like an anti-hero. Yes, definitely. That's why he lives out alone in the woods. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so good. Uh, the executioner struck up her feet with the red shoes on them. The shoes danced away with her little feet over the field into the deep forest. Oh, but oh he dear. made... He made a pair of wooden feet and crutches for her. Oh, executioner ta- slash woodsman, woodcutter. He's so Whittler? multi-talented. Oh, that's my fixes that they get married <laughs> <laughs> and fight crime together. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a catch. Oh, he does. He seems very multi-talented. That's He's cool. Good with an axe. He's good with. Wood? He can make you wooden feet. Good with his wood. <laughs> He's good with his wood. I love a man who's good with his wood. Mm, it's necessary. <laughs> uh, he taught her a hymn that prisoners sing when they are sorry for what they have done. She kissed his hand and held the axe, but went back across the wasteland. Oh, she kissed his hand that held the axe, and then oh, okay. I was like, she held the axe. <laughs> I know. I was like, did she take she it from him? <laughs> then she cuts off his head. <laughs> oh my god, that's the fix. <laughs> now Aww. she's the vigilante crime fighter with the wooden feet <laughs> and the axe with the mind of its own. I don't know. I kind of want them to get married. He seems. It's just uh, what a meet cute, you know. Just what a meet cute. <laughs> <sighs> okay all right how does it actually end keep going so she she's going back home and now i have suffered enough for those red shoes she said i shall go be seen again in the church she hobbled to church as fast as she could but when she got there the red shoes danced in front of her and she was frightened and turned back hmm. all week long she was sorry and cried many bitter tears but when sunday came again she said, now I have suffered and cried enough. I think I must be as good as many who sit in church and hold their heads high. She started out unafraid, but the moment she came to the church gate, she saw her red shoes dancing before her. More frightened than ever, she turned away and with all her heart. She really repented. <laughs> she went to the pastor's house and begged him to give her work as a servant. She promised to work hard and do all she could. Wages did not matter. If only she could have a roof over her head and be with good people. The pastor's wife took pity on her and gave her work at the parsonage. Karen was faithful and serious. She sat quietly in the evening and listened to every word when the pastor read the Bible aloud. The children were devoted to her, but when they spoke of frills and furbelows and of being as beautiful as the queen, she would shake her head. When they went to church next Sunday, they asked her to go too, but with tears in her eyes, she looked at her crutches and shook her head. 
The others went to hear the word of God, but she went to her lonely little room, which was just big enough to hold her bed and one chair. She sat with her hymnal in her hand, and as she read it with a contrite heart, she heard the organ roll. The wind carried the sound from the church to her window. Her face was wet with tears, and she lifted up and said, Help me, O Lord. Then the sun shone bright, and the white-robed angel stood before her. He was the same angel that she had seen the night before at the door of the church, but he no longer held a sharp sword. In his hand was a green branch covered with roses. He touched the ceiling with it. There was a golden star where it touched, and the ceiling rose high. He touched the walls, and they opened wide. She saw the deep-toned organ. She saw the portraits of ministers and their wives. She saw the congregation sit in the flower-decked pews and sing from their hymnals. Either the church had come to the poor girl in her narrow little room, or it was she who had been brought to the church. She sat in the pew with the pastor's family, and when they had finished the hymn, they looked up and nodded to her. It was right for you to come, little Karen, they said. It was God's own mercy, she told them. The organ sounded, and the children in the choir sang softly and beautifully. Clear sunlight streamed through the window, right down to the pew where Karen sat. She was so filled with the light of it, and with joy and with peace, that her heart broke. Her soul traveled along the shaft of sunlight to heaven, where no one questioned her about the red shoes. She dies? The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she died in her room. <laughs> the angel comes and takes her to heaven. It takes her to heaven? Um... Where no one would question her about the red shoes. Like, did this girl die because she really liked this one pair of shoes? So, <laughs> you know, she felt do, pretty. do you, I don't, okay. So I was taking it and this is because of HCA and like the whole, like the Royals come to town and he like had that tryst with a prince. I think oh, it's a, yeah. I think it's about HCA's feelings of homosexuality and him feeling like a, not maybe not ashamed of it but like it's against his religion and he like I feel like the red shoes is a metaphor for like oh. his 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 lust or his liking other men and that you know he he did it anyway I don't know that's what I got from it I can totally see that. I, um, cause like it's also like the princess also has these red shoes, mm -hmm. like that she really admires and thinks are really cool. And then like the red shoes she did get, like were made for like another count's daughter. So I think it's also like one of those, like you shouldn't aspire to be like any better or any higher than you are. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, all the nobility that. have the red shoes. Mm hmm And then I I like the bit at the very end where it's like, and in heaven, no one questioned her about the red shoes. Oh. Like if, just, it, if it is, like, a homosexuality thing, then oof. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's what I got out of it. You know what? I didn't look it up, but I want to I wanna look it up real fast. Yeah. Because I'm curious about, like, when he wrote it, like... I know I need to what make he was that doing. I need to make that stupid timeline. But I don't know. The it just that's what it made me think of mm -hmm. because of him like him not thinking he's like good looking enough, but then a prince comes and like tells him he is and he kind of lived that fairy tale life. But then he had so much in, inner struggle with his religion. It doesn't say on Wikipedia. Yeah. 
I'm not seeing any like kind of metaphors. But yeah, it could definitely be vanity too. I think that was just me like looking for... If, if I hadn't known anything about Hans Christian Andersen, that's not where I wouldn't have gone with my... Yeah, I mean, I do, I do like... I can totally see, I can totally see where that came from Mm -hmm. of like feeling like it's something, something you want. Like, I mean, regardless of like what it is, it's something you want, like something that you covet, something that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. A little too good. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Um, And God has decreed that that's making you feel too good and you shouldn't want it. You're not you're not thinking about God when you're thinking about the red shoes, quote unquote, what like regardless of what the red shoes are for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're too busy thinking about that and not paying attention in church. <laughs> yeah, and not paying attention in church. So yeah, I can totally see that as like a metaphor for like any kind of sex that you're finding really enjoyable. Um yeah. any, or any temptation. Any really. temptation. Yeah. From the Wikipedia though, it looks like he named um, <laughs> he named Karen after his own loathed half sister. <laughs> he did not like his half sister. Um, and the story is based on an incident that Anderson witnessed as a small child. His father was a shoemaker. Um, a rich lady sent him a piece of red silk to make a pair of dancing slippers for her daughter. Mm-hmm. And using some red leather along with the silk, uh, he carefully created a pair of shoes only for the rich customer to tell him they were awful. Uh, oh, man. He, she thought that him adding the leather spoiled spoiled the silk that she sent him. Huh. And he uh, apparently said, in that case, I may as well spoil my leather, too. And he cut the shoes up in front of her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Petty. Uh. <laughs> But also, you know, that makes sense. Because apparently, like, red leather was really valuable. So he thought that he was, like, really doing a a quality improvement. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, rich people have always been assholes. Oh, yeah. Always. Is the point. Oh, my goodness. Well, I... Do you still... Would the fix for you still be, like, you want... (laughs) You want her to marry the executioner? (laughs) (laughs) That was definitely something I was feeling in the moment. I I don't know. It definitely has to I don't like the ending because of the religious aspect personally. It makes me really Sorry. uncomfortable, especially Very. the fact that she eats like even the, the story, the whole story makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really come up with a fix. <laughs> Yeah, my my fix is that I would love for Hans Christian Andersen to be alive today, so we could uh, ask him just every single question and have him go to therapy. And gosh, yes. I just want to know what was going on in that big, beautiful brain. You know, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, definitely like a huge candidate for like if you w- could talk to any historical figure. Yeah. He Who might be number to to? one, to yeah. be honest. But it would so have to, but it would also be like I would want him to be able to live in this day and age and like be a, feel free to be himself and not mm-hmm. feel that re- like religious guilt, maybe. I mean, a lot of people still do. Yeah. Well, because that's another thing. That's actually that's such a great point too about like why why like I can totally see the red shoes as like a metaphor for 
homosexuality, regardless of whether or not that's like what he intended with it. Just because like I know that there's said there is so much religious trauma for a lot of people where Mm -hmm. uh, their like sexual orientation or their gender identity is concerned. Yeah. Or even just dressing the way that they want to dress, like mm -hmm. just just being yourself regardless Mm -hmm. of, you know, your your identity, just not being able to be yourself and kind of going back to like any pleasure that Mm -hmm. you gain from something like or get good feelings at all um, need to be punished and then you need to repent of them. And then maybe if you're lucky, you'll die and go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what would make the story for me? Okay, here's my fix. I got it. Let me let me have it. I'm gonna cling on to that that red that red bearded man was a fairy. I want ooh, it to be ooh. just a just a fairy nonsense story. She's just cursed by a fairy. It's not God. Not God. <laughs> it's not like she needs to repent. It's just that she maybe maybe in the beginning or when she was young or something she did something rude to a fairy and that was their like payment their payback. I love that. I, I think that would make the story because I actually I love the ending and it would be a really fun horror story. Totally. During the dancing section of the story, I Isn't that really spooky? that's so scary because it's also like it implies that like it goes on for days mm-hmm. for days. And like she says, like the nights were the worst and until the skin comes off your bones. Like, yeah. Oh, dance until you waste away. Yeah. So it's a Harsh. great horror story. I would love it to have that like more spooky ending where she does die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where that just happens to her because she got a fairy curse and mm-hmm. that's that's what you get. Yep. Maybe she was rude about the like a different pair of shoes or something that a fairy offered when she was young. I don't know. Ooh, something like that. Ooh, I love that. Well, because then that would continue to establish her character as selfish as opposed mm-hmm. to just like – because so, cause so far from most of this, like the only thing that Karen probably should be punished for is not caring about the old woman that raised her mm-hmm. yeah. and just kind of being like, "Mash, she's going to die someday. Because like I didn't get the vibe yeah. that like the woman that raised her was awful or like hurt uh-huh. her. Um, I just got the sense that she was like this nice old rich lady that took her in. Yes. So that so that's the bit that like that's where Karen is like selfish enough to be punished in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, and where it stops being purely a vanity thing. But then it switches back over to vanity in the in the story pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But but I do like the idea of like you know if earlier in her childhood she yeah she like pissed off a fairy by calling his shoes ugly or something yeah because that then that establishes more of like oh this 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 girl is selfish as hell. Mm-hmm. Or what? Okay, so the fairy is actually the princess who has the red shoes. <gasps> what if? What if she didn't piss the fairy off? What if the? What if the fairy princess or whatever was just like pissed that you were like you want my red shoes and she's just like an evil ass fairy. <laughs> oh, you like these shoes, do? Oh, you, you? like them. <laughs> Okay. That could be a good. That could be like a fun. <laughs> I love this. So yeah, instead okay. of Karen's the antagonist, it would be like she just got cursed by an evil fairy, and the fairy princess sent her, you know, red bearded soldier to curse her shoes, and then the executioner has to help her. <laughs> With I love, we're un- bringing the executioner un- back. By chopping off her feet. <laughs> that is potential. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. That's 
it was a great story. Yeah, too much, um, <laughs> too much moral for my taste. I can't get behind. I, I honestly, I can't get behind the message on this one. Mm-hmm. That like a good life is one where you sit quietly and are demure and keep your thoughts on God. Um, yeah. I that you don't call attention to yourself. That you don't. That you don't get the things you want or the things that make you happy or the things that make you feel beautiful. And you mm-hmm. also don't get the things that make you stand out. Um, your job yeah. is to not stand out. Yeah, that's why it's also so different from a lot of HCA stories. If it is about vanity, that's why I think I thinking that's why I was thinking it was more mm-hmm. like a moral about like his own inner feelings. Yeah, you're kind of talking me into it the more and more. Because he has a lot of stories about being yourself and being beautiful. I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't work out for those characters, though, like the darning needle. Maybe it is. More yeah, he, he, I don't know. Well, and he seems like he himself flipped back and forth on this a lot, mm-hmm. like in his stories, like a lot of his maybe potentially his stories from when he was younger. Yeah. Um, that worked out better. But but I don't know, because people change. Yeah. And he wrote so many of these things over the course of like a couple yeah. decades. So um, interesting. Yeah, super interesting. What's going on in that man's brain? Gosh, I want to talk to him because, like, because there's, there's, there's really there's no way to know. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we can all, all we can do is guess and analyze and and think about how the story makes us feel today. Yeah, that's true. But really uncomfortable. <laughs> really uncomfortable. <laughs> Although it was really great. I I love his writing. I love the story. Mm-hmm. I want to see it as a horror movie. He was so great at creating like just just creating magic like every every single line just feels so magical yeah what a great writer speaking with very of confusing feelings being a great writer speaking of are we are we are we moving on to the next story are you are you gonna tell me an hca story i am but first you have to tell me if any of my predictions uh count oh yeah uh, i would like to make a uh argument for, for there being, being really a ghost <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I think the shoes. An argument for being weirdly horny. <laughs> I honestly, she was horny for those shoes. <laughs> she was real horny for those shoes. Uh, but I, I just there wasn't enough there there for me to uh, argue for the horniness. No, I am arguing on behalf of there. Uh, there was blood. Her feet did bleed. And there was blood. But was there lots of blood? I hey, this bitch this bitch danced for literal days in <laughs> in in like stiff leather shoes over hill, over dale, all day long, all and night. And they got her feet Those chopped feet off. Were bleeding. And they got chopped off. I <laughs> bet right. there was a lot of blood. <laughs> I'll give you that one. It doesn't say explicitly, but like you can like stands to reason that there would be a lot of blood. I bet she bled all over the place. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I bet those shoes were red for more than just the fact that it was dyed red. (laughs) My second argument is that uh, her shoes and the accompanying chopped off feet were haunted and thus there was a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. That was <laughs> if they were cursed, there was no ghost. Damn it. <laughs> but I will give you a point for lots of blood. And you know what? As a Christmas bonus, I'm gonna give you points for weirdly horny because <laughs> Ooh. Okay. I'll take it. I think it was. 
He, oh yeah. You think it was weirdly horny? She couldn't stop thinking about them. That was all like, she was like, I'm just going to look at him. That's no harm in just looking at them. And then I'm just going to put him on. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And it especially was not, if in fact, we're taking, fine. If we're, especially if we're taking it as your metaphor for like trying to ignore your yeah, own bisexual your se- feelings. Yeah, your sexual <laughs> desires. Fine. Yeah, I'll take weirdly horny. <laughs> because from that angle, yes, it is weirdly horny. Uh, but there was no ghost. In fact, he actually says the dead had better things to do. <laughs> I like that line a lot. That's the dead did not join her. They had better things to do. They did have better things to do. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. So you got two points. Good job. Thank you. To answer your question of earlier, I am going to read you a different HCA story. Woohoo! This story was, I believe, recommended to us by someone uh, we follow on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, so a huge thank you to Chloe or the Cozy Cryptid on Instagram for recommending this story. Uh, Chloe's an entomologist, and we had a great conversation about bugs. And Chloe's also an artist, so definitely go check them out. They have some awesome artwork. Um, And we had a great conversation about earwigs because I was like – those are my Ew. least favorite bugs. They're terrible. And Chloe, Chloe's like, they're actually like the most caring mothers. And she described them as just little guys who eat moss. And I was like, there's no way you were going to make me an earwig lover. But that was really adorable sounding. That was a good try, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so apparently earwigs are great mothers. Okay. Which I love. And I love that an entomologist uh, recommended we read The Beetle. The beetle. And then when I called it, Abby was like, you can't call all the HCA stories. <laughs> I did. So I'm letting you have this one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kelsey. <laughs> I'm really excited. Though, um, Chloe said it was great for like the holiday season too, I think. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So I'm stoked. So I don't think either of us have read this one mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So we Ooh, each so we get, both get to make predictions. three predictions. Yeah. Would you like to go first? Yes. I want to go first. I predict. I feel so prepared because we just read a story too. Mm-hmm. I think the beetle is going to be vain. <laughs> okay. I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, I predict. Oh, how long is it? Do I do? Are we doing three predictions for the whole thing? I'm thinking so because fairytales.com, which is where, um, mm-hmm the story is it says it's a 16 minute read oh wow okay so it's a little well, longer i feel like there's says it's longer but we'll see okay the beetle is going to be vain i predict that um it's a christmas story so there's going to be presents ooh okay and I want to roll over weirdly horny. <laughs> no, it's a Beatles story. Maybe not. Uh, no, I'm keeping it. Weirdly horny. Weirdly horny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. That's what I want, to be honest. That's always what, like ever since the snowman, <laughs> that is always what I want from an HCA story. Oh, and the snowman is so far still been the greatest, horniest <sighs> 
Christmas story of all time. A masterpiece. I legitimately am thinking about adding like a, like one of those old fashioned stacked stoves to my fairy tale tattoo because I love that story so much. <laughs> uh, but you have to have some water melting around it. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Some people are worth melting for, Abby. Oh, oh, it kills me every time. Because it's so horny, but it's also so lovely. Stupid HCA. (laughs) 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 To be fair, I think I was... I don't know if that's a quote from that actual story. I was quoting Olaf from Frozen. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, it still applies. It does. Because he would have melted for her if he could have melted for her. Uh Uh-huh. 100%. Okay, my predictions. Um, I think that the Beatle, the Beatles' bad trait. No, you know, okay. (laughs) I think the, I think someone in this story is selfish and that's Uh the lesson they need to learn. Okay. The Beatle is not the main character, (laughs) which I know is a spicy take. That is a spicy take. And the the nice Christian lesson we're supposed to learn at the end of this <laughs> <laughs> is about like being kind to small things. Oh, I like that. Me too. I genuinely, I generally really like that when that's the moral of any story. So that's what I want, and that gives me cozy Christmas feelings. Yeah, me too. I mean, I just saved Bug from my bathroom because I was—he's on the floor, did. dude. You're gonna get squished. I'm going to step on you. Take him outside. I don't even know what it was. It was like one of those weird long tree bugs flying around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, any bug that ends up in your house, any any vermin, really, that ends up in your house um, (laughs) ends up getting Uh, the gentlest treatment. Oh, God. And I think that's lovely. I think that's so wonderful. I admire you very much. I just love the little animals. I think of you every time I see a spider and decide to rescue it instead of. Yeah. (laughs) They're good luck. Okay. Okay. Here is the beetle. The emperor's favorite horse was shod with gold. It had a golden shoe on each of its feet. And why was this? He was a beautiful creature with delicate legs, bright, intelligent eyes, and a mane that hung down over his neck like a veil. He had carried his master through the fire and smoke of battle and heard the bullets whistling around him, had kicked, bitten, and taken part in the fight when the enemy advanced, and had sprung with his master on his back over the fallen foe, and had saved the crown of red gold and the life of the emperor, which was more valuable than the red gold, and that is why the emperor's horse had golden shoes. Mm. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We know a lot about this horse. (laughs) Thanks for the explanation. And a beetle came crawling forward. First the great ones, said he, and then the little ones. But greatness is not the only thing that does it. And so saying, he stretched out his thin legs. There's a smith now, I guess, because (laughs) the smith says, and what do you want? Asked the smith. (laughs) (laughs) golden shoes to be sure replied the beetle clearly clearly look at these look at these handsome six little feet (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Why, you must be out of your senses, cried the smith. Do you want to have golden shoes too? Golden shoes? Certainly, replied the beetle. Am I not as good as that big creature over there that is waited on and brushed and has meat and drink put before him? Don't I belong to the royal stable too? Oh, and they wouldn't cost very much. They'd be so tiny. They'd be so little. They'd be so little, tiny, tiny little golden, golden shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but once you do it for one beetle, you've got to do it for them all. And I also wish I had predicted this was another story about shoes. <laughs> should have should have it was a mistake but why does the horse have golden shoes don't you understand asked the smith (laughs) understand i understand that it is a personal insult to me cried the beetle (laughs) i love this beetle (laughs) me too it is done to annoy me and so i am going into the world to seek my fortune go along said the smith Good for them, you know? Good for them. (laughs) You're a rude fellow, cried the beetle. And then he went off out of the stable, flew a little way, and soon afterwards found himself in a beautiful flower garden, all fragrant with roses and lavender. Oh, okay. Is it not beautiful here? Asked one of the little ladybirds that flew about with their delicate wings and their red and black shields on their backs. It's like this ladybug. Is ladybird oh, another word for ladybug? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've heard ladybird a lot. Isn't that weird? Okay. That is also, weird. I'm imagining Not a bird. this beetle to sound like Gil- Gilbert Gottfried because of the Thumbelina movie. <laughs> oh, where it talks like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, toots. <laughs> I need some golden shoes. <laughs> I can't do this voice. That was a really good impression for you. Thank you. I won't be able to keep it up the whole time because I also enjoy yeah, yeah. thinking of the beetle as someone that talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> Very so dramatic. Um. So the ladybugs really like it here. They think it's very sweet. They think it's very beautiful. I'm comfortable with better things, said the beetle. Do you call this beautiful? <laughs> Why, there isn't even a dung heap. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> then he went al- he went then he went on under the shadow of a great stack and found a caterpillar crawling along. How beautiful the world is, said the caterpillar. The sun is so warm and everything is so enjoyable. And when I go to sleep and die, as they call it, I will wake up as a butterfly with beautiful wings to fly with. How conceited you are, exclaimed the stag beetle. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? The audacity of this beetle. Sir. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> Fly about as a butterfly indeed. I've come out of the stable of the emperor and no one there, not even the emperor's favorite horse that, by the way, wears my cast off golden shoes. <laughs> Has any such idea. <laughs> To have wings to fly. Why, we can fly now. And he spread his wings and flew away. Bye. Bye. Bye, bitch. (laughs) I don't want to be annoyed. And yet I am annoyed, he said, as he flew off. I don't want to be annoyed. Uh, So sassy. just annoying him all over the place. HCA just makes the sassiest characters. Really does. Soon after, he fell down upon a great lawn. 
And for a short time, he lay there and pretended to be asleep. And then at last he fell asleep for real. Suddenly, a heavy shower of rain came falling from the clouds. The beetle woke up at the noise and wanted to escape into the earth, but could not. He tumbled over and over. Sometimes he was swimming on his stomach, sometimes on his back. And as for flying, well, that was out of the question. He doubted whether he should escape from the place with his life. He therefore remained lying where he was. When the weather had decreased a little and the beetle had rubbed the water out of his eyes, which again is just so cute and tiny, he saw something shining. It was linen that had been placed there to bleach. He managed to make his way up to it and crept into a fold of the damp linen. Certainly, the place was not as comfortable to lie in as the warm stable, but there was no better to be had, and therefore he remained lying there for a whole day and a whole night, and the rain kept on during all that time. Towards the morning, he crept forth. He was very much cross about the climate. So Still annoyed. He's Yes, he's cross about everything. <laughs> this is just one cross beetle. Two frogs were sitting on the linen. Their bright eyes shined with pleasure. Wonderful weather this is, one of them cried. How refreshing. And the linen keeps the water together so beautifully. My hind legs seem to shake as if I was going to swim. I should like to know, said the second, if the swallow who flies so far round in her trips, journeys, and foreign lands ever sees a better climate than this. What delicious dampness. It really is as if one were lying in a wet ditch. Whoever does not rejoice in this clearly does not love his fatherland. Man, I love toads. Me too. <laughs> I love that every animal the beetle has been encountering is really mm-hmm. just like so pleased with their lot in life. They honestly remind me of the darning needle. Mm-hmm. Going like, this is fine. I like this too. What's better than this? Like, <laughs> Yeah, this is great. This is great. This is exactly how I want it. Have you ever been in the emperor's stable? Asked the beetle. There, the dampness is warm and refreshing. That's the climate for me, but I cannot take it with me on my journey. Is there never a dung heap here in the garden where an important person like myself can feel himself at home? But the frogs either did not or would not understand him. I never ask a question twice, said the beetle, after he had already asked this one or three times without receiving any answer. (laughs) Gosh, I love this beetle. So much tood. So much tood. So snotty. Mm-hmm. Then he went a little farther and stumbled against a fragment of pottery that certainly ought not to have been lying there, but as it was there, it gave a good shelter against the wind and weather. Here dwelt several families of gross earwigs, and these did not mm-hmm. require much socialization. Me? Earwigs! Earwigs. Thanks. They freak me Thanks, out. Thanks, Chloe. They got the little pinchies and... Well, but I guess this is why this is like, I guess HCA knew earwigs were good mothers. Mm-hmm. The female members of the community were all full of pure maternal affection, and each one considered her own child the most beautiful and cleverest of all. Aww. Our son has engaged himself, said one mother. Dear innocent boy, his greatest hope is that he may creep one day into a priest's ear. It's very plain that, and being engaged will keep him steady. What a joy for a mother. No, I still hate it. Uh, Yeah, they might be great mothers, but if they're encouraging <laughs> their children to crawl into my ear, mm-hmm. I hate Nuh-uh. them. Nuh-uh. It's on site. <laughs> I will squish them. (laughs) (laughs) 
our son, said another mother, has scarcely crept out of the egg when he was already off on his travels. He's all life and spirits. He'll run his horns off. What joy that is for a mother. Is it not so, Mr. Beetle? For she recognized the stranger by his horny coat. You're both quite right, said he. So they begged him to walk in, that is to stay, to come as far as he could under the bit of pottery. Now, you also see my little earwig, observed a third mother and a fourth. They are lovely little things and highly amusing. They are never ill-behaved, except when they are uncomfortable in their inside. But unfortunately, one is very subject to that at their age. Doting so mothers. Doting mothers. I'm going to have to Google more about like how earwigs are good parents. Definitely. Um, later. I'm sure you could message Chloe and I'll get back to you ASAP. <laughs> Probably will. I love bugs. Then each mother spoke of her baby and the babies talked among themselves and made use of the little nippers they have in their tails to nip the beard of the beetle. Mm. Boo. <laughs> like, like give him a little shave. I guess. Uh, or just pinching him. I think just pinching him. <laughs> yes, they are always busy about something, the little rogues, said the mothers, and they quite beamed with maternal pride. But the beetle felt bored by that, and therefore he inquired how far it was to the nearest muck heap. That is quite out in the big world, on the other side of the ditch, answered an earwig. I hope none of my children will go so far, for it would be the death of me. <laughs> That's cute. It's so cute. But I will try to get as far, said the beetle, and he went off without taking formal leave, for that is considered the polite thing to do. And by the ditch, he met several friends, beetles, all of them. Here we live, they said. We're very comfortable here. Might we ask you to step down into this rich mud? You must be tired after your journey. Certainly, replied the beetle. I have been exposed to rain and have had to lie upon linen and being clean is a thing that greatly exhausts me. I also <laughs> have pain in one of my wings from standing in a draught under a fragment of pottery. It really is quite refreshing to be among one's companions once more. Hmm. Cute. Okay. Very cute. I, I like that the beetle like is very like, no, uh, a dung heap. That is where all classy people live. That's where <laughs> everything should want to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little uh, ethnocentric, but <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but also, you know, he knows what he likes. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you come from a different muck heap, said the oldest of them. Indeed, I come from a much higher place, replied the beetle. I came from the emperor's stable where I was born with golden shoes on my feet. <laughs> no, you weren't. I <laughs> was born with them now. <laughs> uh. I am traveling on a secret mission. You must not ask me any questions, as I can't betray my secret. With this, the be with this, the beetles stepped down into the rich mud. There sat three young maiden beetles, and they giggled because they oh didn't my. know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> the emperor's stable beetle with the golden um, with the golden well, you know, he doesn't have many more because he he's on a secret covert mission. So this beetle is kind of a fuckboy. <laughs> yo oh you know what he actually kind of reminds me of barney a little bit because his story keeps getting more like there you go convoluted and now he's pretending to be a secret agent it's gonna be neil patrick harris mm -hmm. uh, voiced by neil patrick harris now i love this i think you'd do a great job not one of them is engaged yet said their mother and the beetle maidens giggled again this time from embarrassment 
I have never seen greater beauties in the royal stables, exclaimed the beetle, who was now resting himself. Don't spoil my girls, said the mother, and don't talk to them, please, unless you have serious intentions. But of course, your intentions are serious, and therefore, I give you my blessing. (sighs) Hurrah, cried all the beetles together, and our friend was engaged. Immediately after the engagement came the marriage, for there was no reason for delay. All right. Okay, so the beetles married now. (laughs) The next day passed very pleasantly, and the next intolerable comfort, but on the third, it was time to think of food for the wife, and perhaps also for children. Already. Somehow. You know what? I don't think beetles live very long. That's true. Maybe that's why he asked for golden shoes so soon. He just didn't understand anything about the world. I have allowed myself to be taken in, said our beetle to himself, and now there's nothing for it but to take them in, in turn. So said, so done. Away he went, and he stayed away all day, and stayed away all night, and his wife sat there, or for- a forsaken widow. Oh. So rude. <laughs> oh, said the other beetles, this fellow we received into our family is nothing more than a thorough wanderer. He has gone away and has left his wife as our burden. (laughs) Jesus. That's rude. Rude. Well, then she shall be unmarried again and sit here among my daughters, said the mother. Fie on the villain who forsook her. In the meantime, the beetle had been journeying on and had sailed across the ditch on a cabbage leaf. And in the morning, two persons came to the ditch. When they saw him, they took him up and turned him over and over and looked very learned, especially one of them, a boy. Yep. I was like, I was wondering if it was going to be kids. Allah sees the black beetle in the black stone and in the black rock. Is that not written in the Quran? Then he translated the beetle's name into Latin and spoke about the creature's nature and history. The second person, an older scholar, voted for carrying him home. He said they wanted just such good specimens, and this seemed an uncivil speech to our beetle, and as a result, he flew suddenly out of the speaker's hand. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Oh, no, no thank you. Oh, that does not sound good to me. Mm -hmm. As he now had dry wings, he flew a manageable distance and reached a hotbed where a sash of the glass roof was partially open. So he quietly slipped in and buried himself in the warm earth. Very comfortable it is here, said he. Soon after, he went to sleep and dreamed that the emperor's favorite horse had fallen and given him his golden shoes with the promise that he should have two more. Jesus. (laughs) So did he just ditch his family? Yeah, okay. He just straight up ditched his family. He straight up ditched his family. That's why the mother was like, well, I guess that was a weird blip that uh, we won't talk about ever again. My daughter is unmarried again. (laughs) I was kind of thinking maybe he'd come back and bring the other beetles to the stable. Hell no. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Not so far. He might. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, though. Um, He's still dreaming about getting golden shoes. Yeah. He's one track mind. One track mind. He's kind of an asshole. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was all very charming. When the beetle woke up, he crept forth and looked around him. What splendor was in the hothouse? In the background, great palm trees growing up on high. The sun made them look transparent, and beneath them, what a luxuriance of green and of beaming flowers, red as fire, yellow as amber, or white as fresh-fallen snow. This is an incomparable amount of plants, cried the beetle. How good they will taste when they are rotted. A capital storeroom, this. There must 
certainly be relations of mine living here. I will just see if I can find anyone with whom I may connect. I'm proud, certainly, and I'm proud of being so. Good for you, Betty. Good for you. Yeah. You know, it's doing him. And he prowled about in the earth and thought what a pleasant dream that was about the dying horse and the golden shoes he had received. (laughs) Suddenly, a hand seized the beetle and pressed him and turned him round and round. The gardener's little son and a companion had come to the hotbed, had spotted the beetle and wanted to have their fun with him. Mm -hmm. First, he was wrapped in a vine leaf, then put into a warm trouser pocket. He scrambled and scraped about there with all his might, but he got a good pressing from the boy's hand for this, which served as a hint for him to stay quiet. Mm. Then the boy went quickly toward the great lake at the end of the garden. Here the beetle was put in an old broken wooden shoe on which a little stick was placed upright for a mast, and to this mast the beetle was bound with a wool thread. Now he was a sailor and had to sail away. (laughs) The lake was not very large, but to the beetle it seemed an ocean, and he was so astonished at its extent that he fell over on his back and kicked out with his legs. The little ship sailed away. The current of the water seized it, but whenever it went too far from the shoe, one of the boys turned up his trousers and went in after it and brought it back to land. Cruel. Little kids. Very amusing. Couldn't Mm -hmm. just float the shoe on its own. You have to put a bug in it. Yeah, he's he's the sailor. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's you know fair. what? This beetle deserves it. It's fine. He does. He <laughs> ditched his. He ditched his whole family. <laughs> but at length, just as it went merrily out again, the two boys were called away very harshly, so that they hurried to obey, ran away from the lake, and left the little ship to its fate. It drove away from the shore, farther and farther into the open sea. It was terrible work for the beetle, for he could not get away as he was bound to the mast. That's okay. Sirens can't get you then. <laughs> An excellent point, Kelsey. (laughs) I'm sure that's going to come up sometime. (laughs) You know, some guys ask for this. (laughs) (laughs) Then a fly came and paid him a visit. What beautiful weather, said the fly. I'll rest here and sun myself. You have an agreeable time of it. (laughs) You speak without knowing the facts, replied the beetle. Don't you see I'm a prisoner? Ah, But I'm not a prisoner, observed the fly, and he flew away. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I love that. Wow. (laughs) You're rude. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Well, now I know the world, said the beetle to himself. It is a terrible world. I'm the only honest person in it. First, they refuse me golden shoes. Then I have to lie on wet linen. And then to stand in the draught. To top all, they fasten a wife upon me. Then when I've taken a quick step out in the world and found out how one can have it there and how I wish to have it, one of those human boys comes and ties me up and leaves me to the mercy of the wild waves while the emperor's favorite horse prances about proudly in golden shoes. (laughs) That is what annoys me most of all. But one must not look for sympathy in this world. Oh my goodness. (laughs) My career has been very interesting, but what's the use of that if nobody knows it? The world does not deserve to be made acquainted with my history, for it ought to have given me golden shoes when the emperor's horse was shod, and I stretched my feet out to be shod too. I hope hope we get to hear from the horse at some point. Gosh, me too. You know what? That's probably going to be the fix for this story. Uh Uh-huh. 
If I had received golden shoes, I should have become an ornament to the stable. Now the stable has lost me and the world has lost me. Mm-hmm. It's all over. What a narcissist. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. This beetle Clearly. sucks. This beetle sucks. <laughs> this beetle sucks. But all was not over yet. A boat in which there were a few young girls came rowing up. Look, yonder is an old wooden shoe sailing along, said one of the girls. Aw, there's a little creature bound fast to it, said another. The boat came quite close to our beetle ship, and the young girls fished him out of the water. One of them drew a small pair of scissors from her pocket and cut the thread without hurting the beetle. And when she stepped on shore, she put him down on the grass. Oh, She's a little Kelsey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Big Kelsey energy. Aw. (laughs) Creep, creep, fly, fly if you can, she said. Liberty is a splendid thing. Hmm. This is what you know I have to say to every beetle that you release. (laughs) And the beetle flew up and straight through the open window of a great building. There he sank down, tired and exhausted, exactly on the mane of the emperor's favorite horse who stood in the Uh stable when he was at home and the beetle also. (laughs) Yep. Now let's hear from the horse about how yes! these golden shoes suck. <laughs> Where's the lesson? I we're getting there. I'm almost <laughs> down to the bottom of the page. So <laughs> the beetle clung fast to the mane and sat there a short time to recover himself. Here I am sitting on the emperor's favorite horse, sitting on him just like the emperor himself. He cried. Oh my god! <laughs> he has learned nothing. Nope. But what was I saying? Yes, now I remember. That's a good thought and quite correct. The smith asked me why the golden shoes were given to the horse. Now I'm quite clear about the answer. They were given to the horse on my account. (laughs) Oh my God. And now the beetle was in a good temper again. I feel like I've had this person as a boss. You have had this person as a boss. (laughs) Where it's like you take, oh, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Ah! Um, Where they're only happy if it's about them and other people are centering them the way they they center themselves constantly. And they they take something and go, this this was my idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Somebody else's work and goes, huh, this this is my idea. I did this. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes, that meme. Or there's like a little comic where somebody draws something and somebody takes it and they like are looking at it and they're like, I did this. I did this. <laughs> oh my god! I've definitely seen that. You probably showed it to me. <laughs> Maybe. I bet somebody put it in the Discord. Probably. Oh boy. Um. So the Beatles in a good mood again because he's thunk himself into a circle where everything really is about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thinks traveling expands the mind the sun's rays came streaming into the stable and shone upon him and made the place lively and bright the world is not so bad upon the whole said the beetle but one must know how to take things as they come the end oh my god that was such an unsatisfying ending that was lame chloe (laughs) chloe i've got i got some thoughts and some feelings (laughs) I also, I have thoughts. I have feelings. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was how was that a holiday story? (laughs) It was very, maybe I read that message wrong. (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> you know, I think I just I think I just heard HCA and I went, oh, holiday. You pro- that's probably that it. was probably for me. <laughs> that was probably for you. <laughs> it was very cute, but with a very unsatisfying ending. I thought for sure the horse would like. Okay, here's my fix. The horse gives the beetle his shoes and squishes him, and he dies under the <laughs> weight of the golden shoes. I love this. That I was actually fix. thinking something similar, where it's like, <laughs> like, oh, you want my shoes, do you? <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> and he stomps on the narcissistic beetle. <laughs> oh wow! Um, I loved the story overall. Like it was very yeah. cute. I like. I love it. Like it honestly reminds me about like like a childhood animated movie of like this mm-hmm. beetle's little adventure, except that in the animated films from our childhood the beetle would have actually like learned a lesson about humility. Why uh-huh. does the why does Karen from the red shoes have to learn a lesson about humility but this beetle doesn't? Yes, that's <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's such a good point. I object. Why does, why does little Karen have to dance to death and get her uh-huh. feet chopped off? Uh-huh. And this beetle just gets to go back to the stable and Continue to believe the world revolves around him. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to give that story like eight out of t- eight out of ten, yeah. maybe seven out of ten. Oh, I'm thinking it's, it's a seven. Um, I and by HCA center. standards, it's a five. You know it's- what? It, it would have been also would have been fun to have each little creature. I mean, it had that one with the the Beatles kind of like talking about him after he left and called him a villain, but it would have also been fun to have each of the characters like talk shit about him after he left. Nice. I would have liked that. I think that would have been funny. I think that also would have been funny. Um, I'm thinking like an alternate ending. Like one of them is like your idea where the horse steps on him. <laughs> I think that's oh, very funny. You can funny. have these shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's great. Or maybe like the horse didn't doesn't even notice the beetle. Uh-huh. Like the beetle is that unimportant that like oh, yeah. <laughs> he crawls on the ground and the horse just steps on him because it's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> um either that or the beetle has to reverse the journey to go home and he has to reinteract with all of these other characters. Mm-hmm. And and d- kind of does that classic. You know, he's learned something on his journey home. Yeah, definitely. That would be way more satisfying. Yeah. I still think the horse one is the best one, though. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That beetle sucked. This beetle sucks. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Thank you for uh, telling me that story. Oh, yeah. Uh, and thank you, Chloe, wise. for suggesting it. It was it was good. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I thought this was very cute. I just think that the ending definitely needs some fixing. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, the Beatle is going to be vain, so I definitely got that. You got that right, for sure. Uh, were there any presents? No. No, no. presents. It was the Beatle thought that he should be given a present, but he didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get any. Uh, it was not... I wouldn't call that one weirdly horny. No. And for you, someone in the story is selfish is the lesson. Gosh, there was like, I mean, 
That's true. But there was no lesson I mean, in this He was story. selfish, but he didn't learn a lesson. So I don't think I get it. There was no lesson. Yeah. Uh, the Beatle was the main character, so he didn't get that point. And nope. you predicted that the nice Christian lesson about being kind of small things. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Strike out. Oh, he sure was selfish, though. So, like, a point, a, a half a, po- a half point. <laughs> you get a half point. Absolutely. <laughs> you got two and a half points this round. Hooray. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Chloe, you like this story because you like bugs, and that's <laughs> good and good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chloe, uh, message us and tell us what your fix is. We want to know mm-hmm. if you have a fix or if you if you like the ending. I mean, you know. Sometimes a story is just a story. It doesn't have to have a super They're- awesome, satisfying one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, honestly, I think the reason it's pissing me off so much is it's so realistic, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beetle, be- like narcissistic beetle goes on journey of self-discovery only to self-discover that like he really enjoys where he had been the entire time. And he is the center of his own universe and that really works for him. And then nothing happens to him after that. Yeah. <laughs> Unsatisfactory. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> no. Uh, Merry. Right. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, that's the moral of the story. There is none. There is no moral. People don't change and people suck. <laughs> so that's going to that's going to do it for us on Fairy Tale Fix today as the nice the nice Yuletide moral for our final episode of the year. <laughs> I love it. Um you know, on a on a more positive note, I suppose. Um thanks all of our listeners. Uh we got like a bunch of a bunch of new listeners this year we're really excited that you joined us um we're really grateful to all of the people that have been around since the beginning or have joined us over time we're glad that you're still really enjoying the show we're we're still really enjoying making it yeah thank Um, you so much we hope you all had a have a well had because this episode comes out after most of the the winter holidays have wrapped up but we all hope Mm -hmm. that You have a really lovely winter and have a great new year and we will see you in 2024. If you have not subscribed, please do so. If you have not left us a review or stars on Spotify, five, please. Oh, we got up to 80. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Um, if you love the show and you want to support us, you can get extra episodes, merch books, other bonus content at our Patreon by signing up at fairytalefix.cash. Uh, as Kelsey mentioned at the top of the episode, you can also get some pretty sweet stickers if you sign up now. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> until until they're gone. Until they're gone. Um, you can find us on the social medias, mostly Instagram at fairytalefixpod. And you can also hit us up on, uh, you know, our Discord. You can also go to, you can also send us emails at info at fairytalefixpod.com. And so little Karen was actually cursed by the fairy princess and her red bearded soldier. And it was all fairy nonsense. And she danced to death 
Um, or, or maybe she danced until the executioner saved her and then they went and fought crime. Fairy crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> they go and fight fairy crime together. Excellent. Perfection. And the beetle did all that, learned nothing, came home, and was about to crawl along the floor uh, to go sleep in his dung heap and dream of the horse dying and giving him his shoes again. Uh, <laughs> but the horse doing was doing horse stuff and didn't notice the beetle crawling on the floor and just sort of casually smushed him to death. With and that was shoes. better for everyone. <laughs> With his golden shoes. <laughs> exactly. And they all lived happily ever after. after. The end. The end. <laughs>